0: Welcome to the FPA Business Before Technology podcast, where our goal is to provide small business owners and key decision makers with valuable nuggets to help you grow or simply improve how you run your business, ultimately looking to increase your profitability. My name is Craig Pollack. I'm the founder and CEO of FPA Technology Services, and I'm your host for this podcast. Do you ever wonder what other business owners are running up against out there? Are you too busy working in your business to work on your business? Do you ever feel like you're in this thing alone? Are you at a crossroad with your business where some new ideas would help? For nearly 30 years, I've been helping companies grow and improve their businesses by leveraging technology, whether it's software, hardware, on-prem, or in the cloud, and at the same time building FBA into the premier IT service provider in the greater Los Angeles area. This experience has given me exposure to hundreds of businesses and all sorts of systems, and as a lifelong learner, has helped me gather all I could about the ins and outs of running a business. And these are the sorts of things I want to share with you on this podcast. With me on today's podcast is Jonathan Boring, a digital marketing expert who also happens to be the founder and president of Social Spice Media. They're a web development and social media company located in Camarillo. Their goal from day one has been to help their clients develop, improve, and maintain powerful social media integration programs in order to increase the awareness, brand loyalty, website traffic, and ultimately sales. I've known Jonathan and his team for a number of years now, and I think you'll hear during our conversation how similar our approaches are around building our businesses, specifically how we're both fixated on creating technology companies who are actually first and foremost customer service focused. I think this is one of the reasons we work so well together. We cover a number of different web and social media topics, but one of the more interesting ones has to do with the requirement for websites to be ADA compliant these days. This is definitely a super important topic, and I think Jonathan does a great job explaining what's going on here. So get ready for a great conversation about the web, digital marketing and ensuring your website is ADA compliant. Here's my conversation with Jonathan. Welcome Jonathan Boring to the podcast. Really appreciate your time and looking forward to this conversation. I know that done some work together in the past, but really looking forward to pull back the curtain on, you know, web development, social media, marketing, SEO, all that sort of fun stuff. Cause you are the man and want to hear more about this stuff. So welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks. I appreciate it, Greg. I'm really looking forward to being on the podcast and talking with you about all the stuff that we do and the stuff that we do together as well.
0: Yeah, no, looking forward to that. So why don't we start out with just sort of the basics. Um, Social Spice Media is your company. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, how it started, how you founded it, how it came to be and where you guys are at now?
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, we started, you know, almost 11 years ago now, hard to believe. Cool. yeah, I started, uh, I was actually working for another company doing their online marketing, actually just only their social media marketing. I had actually created a lot of success with that company and I had actually been a business owner before and had realized that I didn't like being an employee and I didn't think I was a very good employee. I, I mean, I was a good employee, but not in the typical terms.
0: I, I know the feeling. I know yes. the feeling. Yeah.
1: Anyways, I decided I was, you know, I was having so much success. I was getting flown out to, you know, different places to be the keynote speaker on social media marketing, probably 10, no, 12 to 15 years ago. And everybody kept joking. Well, if this whole thing doesn't work out for you. You could do your own social media marketing agency. I had a lot of frustrations. And I remember sitting there thinking that uh, it's probably time to do it. And I was at a Mexican food restaurant. And I'm like, what will be the name of my my, my company? And I said, well, you know, like, and, and I was at a Mexican food restaurant and like every great Mexican food restaurant, they have a lot of different things in it, right? Some beans, some rice, some chicken, tortilla, cilantro. And I said, you know, that's like every good marketing, like you need a lot of good ingredients. And I said, so Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, email marketing, blogs, that would be my ingredients. And i called call it the social burrito. And because every good burrito needs, but then, you know, um, The beer wore off, and I realized that sounded a little sloppy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The social, the social burrito, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that that's number one choice, but okay.
1: But the concept was there.
0: yeah, and, no, I love uh, it. yeah
1: and I do like to cook. So I said, well, what if what if we class it up a little bit? We call it the social spice rack and instead, we have a spice rack with Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and blogs And that would be your spices to make a good you know marketing campaign or good spices to make a good meal. And I was like,, ah, that doesn't really sound like me either. Um, and I said, you know, what if we took social spice and put a media on the end? then I would look like I have a team of people running around working with me Uh, And it wouldn't just be me in my third bedroom. And uh, so I went to a graphic designer that I've known for a long time, dear friend, and she created the logo. And I said, you know, this is it. And I think Social Spice Media is it. And fast forward 11 years, and we got, you know, 15 or 16 people running around, and we're doing some pretty cool things. And we've morphed from not only doing social media to doing stuff that I never thought we'd do before from anywhere from online marketing to making sure sites are ADA compliant to building websites to you know doing some high level back end coding for creating APIs it's it's been a lot of fun
0: actually wow that's pretty cool that's a that's a great story as to how you got your name i didn't know that so that that's pretty cool i like that and yeah. certainly congrats for but like you said, 11 years and probably 15, 16 people, you know, it's, it's, it's probably hard to pat yourself on the back. My arm uh, gets bent a lot doing that, but, um, no, no joking aside, you know, what do they say that like 80% of all businesses don't succeed past the second year? So kudos to you for where you're at right now. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah.
1: Something like another 80% don't make it past the, uh, the next, you know, five years right. Right. as well. And, uh, I mean, how long
0: have you been in business now? Uh, 31 years. I, I like, cow. yeah, I like to say I started when I was nine, but I'd be lying. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: you, you know, I mean, th- those, those first five years, I think is really trying to figure out what you're doing and your company identity. And then you try to build on it and, and you, you work, you work day and night trying to not let any of the spinning plates fall.
0: Right. Yeah, it is It really, it's, it's all about the spinning plates, hundred percent. I think it's, it's our, our businesses, what I've come to realize and what I think I've come to really, I don't know if I'd say leverage, but lean on, is our cultures are very similar in terms of how we focus on the, the, the relationship with the clients and, and really taking care of our clients. And I think that's why, We've worked together so well when we're referring our clients towards, you know, to you guys. The same sort of handholdy, taking care of the client, making sure clients are happy, doing what it takes. That's huge, and that's what I've seen in terms of the success working with you. But can you talk a little bit about about your culture and how you've bred that, and how I know it's 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 easy for us to say that, right? But at the end of the day, when we're not really the guys touching, you know, the clients, how do we how do we get that culture, you know? out there so i'm curious to hear your approach to that
1: whether well, you know my, my mind goes in about 15 different directions when you ask that question uh-huh. but you know i think at the end of the day it starts with your team that you that, that's around you because they say every business is a reflection of their owner so you know whatever your culture is and how people are dealing with things is basically you know how the owner would want it to happen and at the end of the day, we're very selective on our company culture as well as, well as who we have in the office uh, working here. And everybody here is not fearful of me firing them. Right? They, they just they just come with a, a, a mindset that they're going to do a good job because that's in their DNA. And you know, then kind of refocusing, you know, how we do things and maybe prioritizing. But at the end of the day, everybody wants to do a good job. as one person said, you know, John, if I got to be somewhere eight hours a day, want to have some fun and do a good job at it right right. yeah, yeah absolutely and, and you know we, we want to make sure that the customer experience is good you know because because some everybody can build a website i mean m- maybe there's more things to look at and touch but you know i think a good example is we just had a client that was not real happy with us and i knew it and i could hear it from my team and i could hear it from their team and mm-hmm. uh, so i got i got the owner on. i said hey look there's some frustrations on both sides and i know we're going to get <laughs> you from point a to point b with a brand new website that's gonna look great. But I said, if your experience doing this is terrible, then then we've failed as a company, you know, cause because uh, anybody can produce the end result, but how is it gonna take place down, you know, the road? Cause it's, it's you know, it's a lot of work, right? You wanna make sure that even if there's challenges and hiccups and there's problems, cause it just, there always is, you know? Right. Uh, it's right. how you deal with it and communicate and you're upfront and, and, and you set expectations and you, at the end of the day, we, we 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 want to make sure the experience is a positive experience. And I got to say, every single one of our clients, I also consider almost a personal friend. Where I could just mm-hmm. pick up the phone, my staff goes like, "You're very casual with all your clients." And I'm like, "Well, because I've gotten to know them over all these years, and I we like working with each other. And you know, who better to work with than your friends that you have a good time with, and it, you're all pushing in the same direction."
0: Right, right. And I think, I mean, to your point, both of us work in, even though we're a service organization, we're still delivering a technical result, right? And so a lot of our clients, I think have a similar viewpoint, like you said, you know, there's a tons of companies who do what we do, right? And so how do you compete on that? And it, it's, it's not on features and functions. It's on how do we make you feel right? Mm-hmm. Cause they're hiring us to do the work. They assume technically we can do the work. And one of the things that we preach internally to our staff um, is this old saying that goes, people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Right. And it's absolutely, it's, that's that's what I'm hearing about you guys. Right. It's, it's about the relationship. It's about um, taking care of your clients. And that's what I love working with you guys. I mean, obviously if, if the if the websites didn't do their job and if the SEO wasn't working i mean that's all i hate to say it but that's sort of the minimum right you got to you got to deliver and and you know after 11 years you you know you're going to deliver but it's the how right it's it's the how you deliver it that makes you guys unique and that, that's again that's one of the reasons that i always look to you in in this whole vein so so tell me about um you know again to peel this back uh you know what's like a what what's your typical client and what you know how do you how do you get new clients, and what do people look for from social spice media that they wouldn't otherwise get from somebody else?
1: A couple of questions there. So, you know, a lot of our our clients are picked up by you know our, our networking and the referral partners like you and yourself. And I was going to say it's always it's always fun when we get we get one from you guys because it's already wrapped up in a bow. I mean, they, your clients love you so much and they trust you so much. By the time they come to us, and we have to talk to them it'll say like, are you comfortable providing us with this kind of access to your website or this type of thing without signing anything? Or do you want to sign something first? And they're like, Craig send them over. Uh, we're going to give you whatever we need uh, to get the ball rolling and then we can sign whatever we need to sign later on. So, which I think is a real testament to, to you and your team because they come in already trusting if, 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 if your name's coming out of their mouth. So, you know, our our clients are all over the place. You know, we're in provisors together. So obviously that's made up of a lot of professional services and financial planners and accountants and CPAs and attorneys. So we have a very big depth of knowledge in those areas. And then over the last probably five years, uh, we started picking up school districts and schools. So we've worked with, you know, the Oxnard Union High School District and the Port Wynamey Elementary School. School District and Channel Islands University here in Camarillo. And we've been able to help a lot of launch a lot of programs for different schools and organizations, as well as almost be the PR piece for them, um, as well as, you know, hospitals. Schools are very interesting because the jobs that the schools are doing or needing to do didn't exist 10 years ago, right? You, you, you your, your superintendent and your principal decided what was going to happen in the district. They did it and they didn't have to worry about it. And now there's all these little forums and parents who are, you know, it's a mom mentality where these parents get a little bit of information about what's happening in their kids' class or the district, and then they go off kind of half-baked or half-charged on social media, talking about, you know, did you hear they're doing this? And then they can rile up a whole bunch of other parents and other individuals who go like, that's not right. And so now we actually monitor all these things and we can step in and talk on behalf of, like, say, the school districts or or even the schools that are in the district by saying, no, that's not 100% right, but we can jump in now. Instead of letting these things fester for three or four weeks, we jump in on like day one or day two and go, that's not correct. Like talk to this person, this is what, you know, because nobody realizes that when you're running a school or a district, there's no one easy decision that affects everybody unilaterally the same. We're gonna do X, Y, and Z. Everybody's gonna have an opinion on it. So it's being able to get that out, and then you know, work hand in hand with these districts to do that. So, and that's a lot of fun. It's a little frustrating because of the parents, but it's also a lot of fun to be able to hear from people that we're improving their work life and their quality because we're able to do things. And of course, on the other side of things, you know, with with the professional services, you know, just being able to deliver leads and be able to get you know these people more exposure than they'd typically know how to do because, you know, a CPA, is really great at being a CPA, but, you know, you know, how to build a website or do online marketing is not what they do. And same with an attorney and same with doctors and, you know, same with financial planners. So we're able to really allow each individual specialize in what they do and then we can come along and support them.
0: So above and beyond just like website building, what, and that, that the first what, what you were describing from the school districts, I would maybe lump under something like social media monitoring or something like, like how would you define, you know, maybe three or four or five, like what are your bullet points of the services that, that you guys provide just so we're clear?
1: So it depends on, you know, which partner slash client that we're dealing with and what they want. So like the school district, a lot of times they, as I said, they haven't had, they, Somebody in the school district or uh, at a a school level is now in charge of their social media and putting stuff up on the website. That is not a job description. That's like a web developer or that's a marketing person or a PR person. Mm -hmm. So now some admin person is now in charge of this and they're probably not great at it. They're probably great at their job, but they're not great at at the PR piece or getting things on the website. If they can, it's not looking very good. So they hire us to come through and make sure the schools look polished, number one. And number two, they wanna make sure, you know, they want new students and they want to appeal to the parents and the students that are looking at the websites or going to the different social media channels and then they clean them all up. So we do that. We. Also will help you know write content for different websites. And we really like working with blogs or writing blogs. So we write blogs on all different types of aspects depending on our clients. And so the nice thing about a blog is you can actually write it, you put it on your website, and it becomes a new web page. You ask Google to re-index the website. So that way you have this new keyword rich blog that's written to drive more traffic when people are searching on these keywords. But then you can take it and use it and you put that blog in your social media accounts. You can put that blog on your LinkedIn account. You can create an email around that and then hit hit your uh, email list with that blog. So you can create one thing and then put it in several different areas for people to look at. And all the meantime, it's Google friendly and SEO friendly. So it's doing a lot of things for you and you get the eyeballs that you want. And, you know, the nice thing about emails is that you can send it out. And, you know, when you see an email, it may not always uh, apply to you but doesn't mean it's not going to apply to somebody, you know, or a friend of yours or a family member. So you can forward it on. And uh, we see that certain emails will get open four or five different times, by four or five different people, because that email keeps getting forwarded on to different people from Mm -hmm. one person. So, so there's a lot of different ways we can touch our clients and what we do for them.
0: You know, I think again, one of my concerns, I guess, is sort of like us, it's like, I don't want to pigeonhole you and say, well, they're, they develop websites, they build websites. It's like, and I think your name kind of goes to that too, right? Social Spice Media, that it's, it's not just website development, but it's, it's, it's really around online marketing presence. So I would assume that you're working pretty closely with your clients uh, above and beyond just the build in terms of that. Do do you ever get questions like, is there like timeframe, like how often people should change their look of their website or update things on their website above and beyond just like blog and content. Sure, sure. But You know, if somebody's had a website out there for five or 10 years, where's sort of the demarcation on recommendations of people keeping it, you know, quote unquote updated?
1: That's a that's a great question that we ask ourselves internally a lot as well. you know, because technology is moving very quick. And when we started this thing a decade ago, mobile responsive websites or a website that would look differently on a phone than it would on a tablet and a laptop and and an actual computer. So, you know, it's mobile responsive, it changes itself. Um, Was something brand new and having an SSL security certificate was something brand new that was starting to be put on there. And then, you know, People didn't know if it was supposed to be Drupal or WordPress or HTML. And, you know, what, and then, you know, so over the last, you know, 10, 11 years, obviously WordPress became the gold standard. You know, we think, you know, about every five to six years, a website should probably be overhauled a little bit, either from just brushing it up to just redoing it, just because the way things are changing and technology is changing. People, people 10 to 15 years ago, if you said, here's a business card, call this guy, or here's, here's my CPA call them tomorrow. You just call them. Now you go home. And for me, I put the kids to bed and I go, okay, well let's look up the CPA and see what they look like online and what's their blog saying, who, who, and now you can go, you can Google people personally. You can Google them as a business. You can Google their business. You can read their blogs so you can find out everything about these people. And if you're not looking like you care about your brand, then people think you don't care about your brand doesn't matter how great you are but you know at the end of the day now marketing and having a polished look is incredibly important So if the site's dated and things aren't working well and your SSL security certificate is blocking people from coming and your site's not mobile responsive and you're having all these issues you know that's probably a good time to take a look at doing an overhaul. Um, on the site. And it's, it's a lot easier than most people think, but it's it's getting in there and doing it. And, and then you can do a whole marketing piece about your new website too. So you can let people know you have a whole right. new look. And last year, the year before, we, I mean, we had a slight rebrand on our logo. I don't know if you remember, but we went from just the Social Spice Media, which is behind me to the, you know, the rounded logo. Just a slight change, but you know, just, it's something you can talk about and push out there. It's just, it's, it's marketing. It gives you, gives you a reason to put your name out there and for people to call you and ask questions.
0: Right. Right. Well, I think that's a great answer, five to six years, something like that. But I think the more important thing that you brought up is around the concept of what is, what does your web presence say about you? And, mm-hmm. and I'm a hundred percent in alignment in terms of I go, you know, any vendor that I work with or anybody that I'm you know, about to create a relationship with, I go online and I search and I see what they have out there. And I really believe that what your digital presence is, what your website is, says so much about you. You Mm -hmm. know, I don't know how many times I've come across a website where, you know, oh, they've got a blog. Okay, let me go look at their blog. Oh, (laughs) it hasn't been updated since 2019. Well, it's like, what does that tell me? It, it tells me so much about your company not that you know not that you don't have time and maybe you're super busy but blogging is you know it's really important to stay current because information changes i mean just our lives you know think about where where the world is now compared to 2 years ago my god right if we were in january 2020 right now a completely different vision of the world right and so you know, you see websites that are old and you're going, eh, I don't know. I don't it just I, I 100% agree in this this day and age that if you're not keeping your website up to date, and at least looking somewhat current, well, mm-hmm. I think that's a statement, you know, you can be as busy as you can be. But to me, one new client pays for that. Absolutely. That's the way I look at it.
1: Yeah. And you know, there's some people that don't want to engage with us. And you know, we will actually tell them like, if, if if you're gonna take anything from this, like take your blog page down, you know, just hide mm-hmm. it from right now because you know your last blog was you know last year or six months ago, eight months ago, and it just doesn't look like you care to keep it up. And and you're right, you know, that's why people hire us is so that we can keep it up on a regular basis and stuff does happen, but I get it. A lot of people over the years said, well, we were going to give it a shot and we were really gung ho. And after, you know, six weeks or two months, we we didn't see anything from it and we just stopped doing it. And other things became more important. And I said, you know, I I get it, but you know, it's not a sprint, you know, it's, it's consistently doing these things and consistently putting it out there. It's like when somebody says, well, what works best for marketing, John? It's like, you need a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the old adage, as you probably remember, is like, you needed like seven or eight touches, you know, of people to see you in sales, you know, so they had to hear a commercial and then they had to, you know, maybe get a a direct mail flyer and then they saw a billboard and a radio commercial and somebody else said this to call you and then that built, built that trust of that, hey, I keep seeing this company and hearing about this company, I should probably give them a call. And nowadays you can control half of these touches, right? You can create your own blog, you can create your own email campaign, you can create your own podcast like you're doing, you can do things to put yourself out there and control the touches that people are seeing you and build that trust already. And then you know, and then going, and then you're doing your networking, and then you're doing this, and you're kind of just doing all these things that just put you out in front and center. And some people may see it here and other people might hear about you here. And then it just slowly starts, you know, generating, you know, or as I said, and you have the blog and then the blog is consistent and then everything kind of, you know, keeps, oh, okay, not only are they everywhere, but they're consistently everywhere and consistently doing what they're supposed to be doing.
0: Right. I, I think that there there's definitely a, a message in terms of timeliness and, you know, when things are current and, and what it says about you. We, we got a call once this was probably like, I don't know, five or 10 years ago, literally, but a client who called up at the time, they weren't a client, right? A prospect at the time who called up and said, Hey, we've been getting your emails for the last two years and Mm -hmm. now we have a need and we want to talk to you about it. And they became a client, right? It's especially in the service industry that we work in, it's not like hitting people over the head that, Hey, let me convince you that you have a need it's I wanna be aware when that need occurs so that you know that we can help you with that need at that time. Right. Right. And that goes back to sort of the, the saturation factor, right? Do you have like any recent successes that you can tell a story about or that, you know, you took somebody from A to B and what that looked like?
1: I think one of my favorite success stories is we took on a client out in Miami, Florida or somewhere in Southern Florida. And they were a textured coat manufacturer. So they, you know, paint. So it has sort of like a, a reflective coat in it. So that way, just automatically, if you are hitting, you know, a 98 degree day, your house will automatically be 10 degrees cooler just based on putting this paint on versus even having to run your air conditioning, of course. So it's all energy efficiency. Mm-hmm. And as we took this account over, we would post on the different social media accounts. And we found that uh, a gentleman would either have a negative comment or have a thumbs down. Uh, On every single thing that we did, and and as we kept diving further and further into this on the Yelp and the social media and the Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, this guy was a troll, hated everything we did. So we finally decided to just reach out to him and I said, hey, what's happening? And this is kind of your social media monitoring. And he said, you know, we hired, uh, you know and it was, so we bought this paint, they hired a third-party applicator that the, that the manufacturer then said to use, and they screwed up on the house, and so, and they couldn't get a call back, and of course, the paint company didn't know the applicator, put it on wrong, and so on and so forth, and uh, so so we finally got a hold of the guy, and he gave us about a 45-minute dissertation about how pissed he was, and we said, I get it, you know, you spend a lot of money, uh, and it wasn't done correctly, and we called the company, and they said, when they, so they, we called the company, the company called the company that put the paint on, they found it would be $6,000 total to redo their whole house. They split the cost evenly, three grand each. They went out they repainted the guy's house. They took pictures of it. The guy took down all of his negative reviews and then became a loyal ambassador and basically started liking and sharing and thumbs upping and like engaging with everything we did on a positive side because, you know, they went over and above because we were listening to what people were complaining about. And then we were able to fix the complaint. And I know $6,000 isn't cheap, but to these companies, the split 6,000 is not a huge drop in the bucket to get somebody who's now singing your praise and bringing more business to you. So, I mean, I think that's a really great success. So one of the ones that I really like, but just but just asking questions and listening.
0: Right. And, and I think it, it also... It, I mean it is a great story and um I think it also though presents a different role that you play. It's it's not just hey we're doing this work. It's hey ultimately we care about your success and you're bringing success to your clients through mm-hmm. these different, you know, services that you provide. So it's 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 above and beyond just hey we build a website and then hands off we're done. It's like no, we build your website, but then take it to the nth degree, whatever that looks like, you know, with with the comfort level of that particular client. That's yeah, I mean, cool.
1: we we had another client come to us and uh, we, we do a report called The Good, Bad and the Ugly um, based off of uh, Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when a new client will come to us, they'll say, you know, we think we need a new website or we think we have some issues. And so we'll put the other's report. And so we put the other's report. And I think it was like, uh, I don't know, 100 pages of issues with their website. The website was seven, eight years old. And we said, Yeah, we can go ahead and fix it all. And they engaged us. And uh, sometimes when you get to the back end of the website, you're not quite sure what you're going to find. And the code that they had used had not been updated for seven or eight years. Their licensing had not been paid for about the same amount of time. And we found out that it was a linchpin that if we did any one thing to it, because they were going to move to our hosting, that the website was going to implode on itself. Mm-hmm. And um, and this client already signed a pretty sizable contract with us. So going back for a new re- website build didn't feel like the right thing to do. Like anytime you sign a new contract and it's rather large, somebody comes back to you and go like, no, nah, we're going to need fifty percent more. Just So, you know, we, we actually went and, and uh, we spent, you know, two and a half weeks and we actually rebuilt his entire website on our dime. Just so that way he had everything in the back end working and everything was the way it was supposed to be and we got its you know updated licensing and and we said hey so no matter what moving forward everything's in working order so if you stick with us or you don't stick with us you can move it anywhere you want to be and that's at the end of the day that's the kind of company that we want to be is that we're doing the right thing for the right reasons and even if somebody decides they don't want to be with us we want to make sure that they have success somewhere
0: else every time you you give these examples it it just reiterates the relationship that we have and and how similar we are in our approach to our clients right there there's so many times that we go above and beyond and do things um and also do things in a in a in a transparent way right that's like yeah it's it's if you guys ultimately go away you're fine you're set up for success you know we hope you don't go away and we build this you know this way so that you're you know you have the transparency and you see what's going on and you have more visibility and understand that um but are we doing the right thing right do the right thing for the right reasons i think that's huge yeah Um, i don't know if you're familiar with
1: scorpion the uh the santa clarita they're wonderful I don't know if we compete with them, but they're a brother mm-hmm. of our company and a friend of mine came over and he says, Hey, you know, I got two websites. Um, one of them is kind of my retirement. And the other ones, you know, kind of pays the bills right now. And uh, we're with Scorpion and they built them. And I said, can you take your websites with you? And, uh, she, you know, his wife is his office manager. She got back to me and uh, the sales rep says, Yeah, no problem. Let us know when your end date's going to be. Uh, we'll get it pack everything up and ship it over to you and I've attached your contract. And i said well wow, i didn't really expect that from them and then somebody else said no this is their own proprietary software you really wanted to t- t- take a double look and so i opened up their contract um uh 11 pages the first page and a half is about what they're going to be doing for them the next nine and a half pages was this legalese just mm-hmm. i think 48 bullet points of you know how they own everything and i finally found the four bullet points in there And I said, you might want to call them because based on these four bullet points of what they own and what you don't own means you're going to walk away with nothing. And what your sales rep is telling you or your account executive is telling you is that they're going to give you whatever you own, but they're not telling you what you own. And so I said, you might want to go back and check because depending on how we're going to attack this thing, it's going to be one or two different ways based on what they say. And when it all is said and done, they're going to walk away with nothing. Um, And they've been with them five, six years. And they, they built the websites and they're okay but like they're not setting them up for any kind of success and in fact they're also not making it easy for them to walk away from them so that's where we come in and we pitch in a lot going okay this is what we can do and we can recreate this and we'll make some changes so that it's yours and if you ever want to leave us it's 100 percent your website and you're going to be able to move on to wherever you want to go but we want to make sure because i mean at the end of the day people come back right you, they, they go out and they test the waters and they realize that hey Maybe it wasn't quite so bad working with you know or John, you know, or maybe we there's a couple of things, and, and you want to make sure that they have a good taste in their mouth when they leave. That at least mm-hmm. if we try to do everything in our possible, uh, humanly possible to make sure that their experience was great with us, and their experience is great with the next company.
0: Right. Yeah, I think again that comes back to the mindset of doing the right thing for the right reasons. Right. And it just. I'm just, I'm just a super big believer in it. You do the right things for the right reasons. It'll come back to you. Right. No matter, no matter what that is. Right. Um, well, plus
1: I've never really liked walking around with like a, uh, a bullseye on my back because I piss people off. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Life's too short for that.
1: Absolutely. Um, Absolutely.
0: So, so tell me a little bit, um, one, one topic we haven't touched on is this whole ADA compliance issue. Um, and I know that that's. That's a really hot topic. I've seen it, you know, big time out there in the industry. I see it on your website. I know literally I just referred a client to you. Hopefully that works out, but I'm not, again, I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, just the fact that here's another situation where somebody got, you know, dinged because their their website's not ADA compliant. So talk to us a little bit about that and what people should be looking for there. Holy
1: cow, that is a big problem these days. So I think it's about 2018 when the laws changed. And so ADA compliance for Americans with disability, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, the attorneys were coming and going to like a Circle K or a 7-Eleven saying your handicapped parking stickers a foot too high or a foot too low or your sink's not, you know, accessible by a wheelchair. And then they were suing these these small businesses. Fast forward to 2018, the government says that no, your website now has to be ADA compliant or friendly for Americans with disability. We didn't know what that meant, building websites, so we went and we started finding out what's our liability, what's our client's liability, how do we make these sites ADA compliant, and we started figuring it out. And in 2018, 2019, probably about 20, 30% of our clients wanted to make their sites ADA compliant just as an insurance policy. Fast forward to 2022, we probably get five calls a week from people that are in the middle of a demand letter or in the middle of a lawsuit, saying they need to get their website fixed. So last year alone, there was over 400,000 demand letters that were sent out. Demand letter obviously is just wait. Can you
0: demand. can you say that again? 400,000 demand letters, and that's probably just United States, right? I mean, that's just It's,
1: still,
0: it's crazy okay yeah. and so what do, what do people want they just they just want money or what's yeah. it's a shakedown It's yeah. a
1: shakedown. so they'll come in and they'll say hey uh we've ran your website through an online tool it shows that you don't have all tags or you're not closed captioned on the back end or you don't have one of the 16 or 20 deficiencies um and they'll sue for just a few of these things because each infraction is about four thousand dollars per infraction so you get five infractions, which is just scratching the surface. It could be 20 grand. You get the demand letter, then you have to hire an attorney. Then you have to negotiate with the plaintiff's attorney on, you know, what they're willing to accept and when they want these things fixed. Sometimes they don't even want them fixed. They just want the money. Um, but of course, if you don't fix them, then you've just opened yourself up for the next demand letter. Uh, they expect the demand letters to go up by probably 25 to 30% this year alone, pushing it over half a million demand letters. And I mean, we're getting calls all over the United States at this point. People that are at some stage of, uh, of of a lawsuit or a demand letter. I mean, even a friend of mine, I told him 18 months ago, he should do this. He called me up two weeks ago and says, what is this? I said, that's your demand letter. He says, is this what we talked about 18 months ago? I said, yeah. He's like, well, I didn't think it would happen to us. I'm like, "It it, it, it happens to everybody, you know, from...
0: The old, uh, we're too small. Nobody cares. I was like, it doesn't matter.
1: He's actually a pretty good sized company. So I was yeah. kind of, and it was a friend of mine. So I was able to be frank with him. I said, are you kidding me? We talked about this. This is not a lot of money for you and your company. Um, so, and then the AM 14 days to rectify it, which normally doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that we like to talk about now is there's a website has three, has three sides to it that you need to think about. First is the front, uh, your user experience, how well it's laid out and how pretty is it? How um, can you find what you're looking for that is it vis- visibly appealing, right? All the things that you want from a good looking website. Second is the back end of your website, which nobody really sees. That's how well it works. How fast is the server? How responsive is it? Um, does it play well with Google? Does it have all the all the, the plugins that it needs to make sure that it really operates correctly? And then third is now the legal side of things. You know, Does it have ADA? Does it have an uh, America's Dis- uh, Disabilities uh, Privacy Policy? Does it have terms and conditions? Does it have... You know, different things that it needs to have just from a legal standpoint. You know, and that's where, you know, we've been fortunate at being in, you know, provisors is that we have now, because we don't handle the legal side of things, but at least we have resources to send people to. But we can also say, look, these are things that you need to worry about that you didn't have to worry about five, 10 years ago.
0: <laughs> you know, right.
1: And 10 years ago, your website could have been 10 years old and it didn't make a difference. Right. So.
0: Wow. So you're, you're doing a lot of those these days.
1: Yeah, we do a lot. You know, we, we've we done, we do work for all different levels of companies. So, you know, like uh, K-Swiss and Converse, we've helped make their sites ADA compliant, you know, to the to the local, you know, plastic surgeon or commercial real estate person. We've we, we helped them and we look at it. And what we started doing now is an assessment to see what's actually compliant and what's not. There's been in a few cases that we've actually done the assessment and we've found that, they're 100% compliance, and then we're able to take that letter and certify it and give it back to the attorney. And then the attorney is actually able to fight it. So instead of going in and trying to do work and figure out what it's going to take, we can go through and analyze it. And there's a lot of online tools, but we actually go through by hand, like somebody that is just, uh disabled. So we do the keystrokes and we look at all the color contrast, color contrasts, and voiceover commands and all that other stuff. But it's really said it's it's a problem. It's a shakedown. I mean, Domino's got hit, Playboy got hit, and some other some other big companies all got hit, and they all were forced to pay. And I mean, of course, those are the ones that make the news.
0: So is that something like when you're building a new website? How do you incorporate that in? Is that part of your process in terms of making sure that whatever you're building is ADA compliant? You can you can have us build a
1: website. And if you want to have us make it ADA compliant, we can do that as well at the same time, which is cheaper, as you know, when you're in there working on something, going back and touching it afterwards. But we're starting to get, we're starting to give some consideration to just not making it an option anymore, just because we're seeing too many of these things, and the extra time and effort for our client side. You know, if you got hit with a lawsuit today for you, you know, if one person did, then you know, number one, there's a level of stress that comes along with it. A uh, level of not knowing where to go after hiring an attorney and talking to the attorney, retaining the attorney and then dealing with another problem, as you know, as a business owner, you don't want on your plate, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're just giving some serious consideration and not even making an option and just putting it in there and having it done that way that way the, these, our clients and our partners don't have to either think about it or worry about it down the road.
0: How much more effort do you think it, it takes that sort of that delta, that incremental difference between building a website and building it ADA compliant. And I know that's that's a pretty hypothetical question, but is it is it 20% more? Or is it 80% more? Like where do you it's, think that sort of lands?
1: It's probably about a 20% more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but when somebody comes to us after the fact when they've had a website that has been built by somebody else, then that number can be all over the place. You know, because we don't know how it's how the website was built you know, like the one I said that we just rebuilt, like right. we come to us just, and he wanted an ADA compliant as well. Like that would have been a really big project because we would have had to rebuild the whole website. But since he signed a large uh, contract with us to do a lot of other things, that's why I'm like, let's just do the right thing and get this thing up and running. Um, and other ones, you know, I mean, we, we we had one attorney contact us and he was really worried. And I just said, you know, he says, I'm, I'm, mostly 98 percent retired but i just have my website up so people can find me Mm -hmm. i said i said okay well we can we can spend a few hours making it compliant or we can spend about an hour and a half and just put up a splash page say like i'm no longer here but if you need to get a hold of me here's a phone number and email address you know and so and i said that's a much cheaper route to go, which is also what we try to prevent to present to our clients as well. It's not always the most expensive, but it's what works best for each situation.
0: Well, and I think if we really peel that back, Mm -hmm. it it showcases your ability to, you know, and again, this is something similar that we deal with, right, which is showcase your ability to hear what their issue was, not Mm -hmm. necessarily give them what they asked for right? Because a lot of times client asks for A, but B might be the better answer, right? And so yeah. it's understanding what their problem is. And right, so you came back to them with the solution, which wasn't necessarily make my existing site ADA compliant. It's right. make that risk go away, but also address his need, which was, he just wants to have a placeholder that people can get in touch with him, right? right? So I think that's important that, you know, you have that sort of I don't know i I don't want to say knack for doing that but like i do think it's a mindset that you're looking at solving a problem not just doing work right and i think that goes back to the relationship view of of, you know what you're building there Uh, yeah i mean look i I think if you're doing the right thing and doing something you enjoy the revenue is going
1: to follow you know I think it's the, as I said, I don't want to go out with a target on my back or somebody says, you know, we, we could, have, if that if you heard that solution from somebody else and we just charge them a few thousand dollars and make, you know, an old site ADA compliant, I mean, that's, doesn't make me sleep well at the end of the day, right? Yeah. That doesn't, you know, I like to go in and know that I help somebody, you know, we have clients of all sizes. You asked me this a little bit earlier, but you know, what kind of clients do we work with? You know, we work with clients that appreciate what we can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know whether it's a local mom and pop pizza place that just enjoy the fact that they don't have to worry about you know their social media and that we take care of it you know to all the way up to some some pretty big size companies that are publicly traded that we can take care of it for them. But at the end of the day we want to make sure everybody feels that we're doing the right thing for them. And look what you do and what we do is very confusing. Right? I, I, people don't know the intricacies of you know, and, and that's why we become such good referral partners is because people don't know where IT ends and like online marketing and websites begin. There's just a, a delta of like, I don't know, you you host some of my email addresses, Craig. So why can't you build me a new website or make right. my site ADA compliant? It's like, that's not what we do. And we get the same questions as well. Why can't you do this if you're doing this? Like, that's not what we do. Right. But, you know, but again, making sure that we hear what their issue is and we also hear what they want. Because they don't know what's available to
0: them, right? They're just talking about their pain points and/or somebody else recommended. You know, they had a a conversation at a cocktail party, and it was like, "Oh, you need to do this," and it's like, mm-hmm. "Okay, let me let me go find somebody who does this." But again, I think that 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 story, that anecdote, just showcases the similarities between our companies and why I think there's there we work well together. You know, yeah, I, just, I, I think it's the approach. Ultimately it's the approach. So are there any, like, if if somebody said like, what are some of the things, or is there any like consistent issue that like a business owner should be looking at their website and being aware of something to look at? Obviously ADA is something, but um, are there any other recommendations or suggestions that that you would throw out there that people should be aware of when looking at their own performance of their website?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we, we offer something, we, we, we call it a 50,000 mile checkup, kind of like what you do for your car now, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, you know, every six months to a year, we think, you know, just, just have your your website checked up, especially if you're not having us host it because we do a lot of those already for our clients, but you know, like GoDaddy and Gator host network solutions, you're going to pay less, but they're also not making sure that everything's working properly. but you know what i tell people is make sure you do the easy things correctly make sure that you know your phone number is correct make sure your address is correct make sure the person who's supposed to be answering emails is still there or they're still getting the emails you know and that goes to all your online stuff to your your social media accounts we 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 had one client that we, we pulled the email off of his uh, Facebook page and we sent him the email and three weeks later says, I never received the proposal. What's going on? I said, we sent it to you three weeks ago. I said, well, what email did you send it to? to Says, I haven't used that in a decade. I said, that's the one that's on your Facebook account. And, and he says, Oh, I got to change that. I said, yeah, you know, but look, I mean, the plugins break. So, um, you know, maybe you have, you know, the contact form on your website, maybe, maybe the plugin is not working, or maybe the person who was checking the emails uh, is no longer working for your company, or maybe took a maternity leave, or you guys have moved. I mean, a lot of times, once a website's built, you don't really go back to your website and look at it very often, your clients do, but you don't.
0: Right. There's, There's a big set it and forget it sort of mentality when it comes to that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, getting a website online takes a lot of time and effort. So once you get it up, you pat yourself on the back and you're super psyched and you tell everybody to go check it out and you move on. And then six months to a year, there's certain things that can change both with your website and both with your company or staffing. So we find about 30% of all businesses that we onboard are not getting leads or phone numbers have changed or email addresses have changed or just things things that would generate them leads are now becoming an area where they're losing leads because they just haven't thought about making sure all these things are working.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so is that. that, that's all that stuff that you just described is that that's all part of that 50,000 mile checkup or whatever mm-hmm. you call it.
1: Yeah. Typically the first thing I like to do when we're sitting in an onboarding, and I have my laptop open. I just go to their contact form and send it out and say, who's checking this? And then I see how long it takes them too, right? Because if you look at the sales cycle, I can't remember, but it's like every hour that that email sits there not being answered, somebody is now, especially with this world, you're gonna go find somebody else who is gonna to respond to you. I mean, we're mm-hmm. in a very ADD society right now. So if they're sending you a lead, they're probably sending other people leads as well, trying to figure out you know who's gonna respond back to them and fix their, fix their pain point. So it's not only getting back to them, but getting back to them in a timely manner. So we, right, right. and that kind of crosses out into an area that we don't cover, but we can at least advise by saying, Hey, you know, your, your timeliness on things need to be, you know, ramped up a little bit. Or, you know, when you return phone calls, you know it's taking you guys a while, what we're finding. So, Mm -hmm. so we can kind of help with a couple other pain points. And then, you know, in our networking group we had a lot of people that were referring for those types of uh, sales projects, (laughs) which is not our stuff. But, but we want to look at it and give them a holistic picture of what's happening with their company.
0: Well, that's, that's important. And I think, again, it comes back to your approach and it comes back to the trusted advisor sort of relationship that you're having with your clients above and beyond just, again, the technical deliverables. Yeah, we can build a website. Yeah, we can monitor, but it's thinking about it in terms of their business and thinking about what value you bring above and beyond, I think is is priceless. Again, this is why our relationship works so well and we trust you know, referring our clients to you because we know that they're going to be handled the same way that, that if, if we did that sort of work, this is what it would be like. And so we're super comfortable with that. So I think we're, we're coming up on, on the time here and just wanted to circle back on a couple of things, but do you guys have any, any, you know, like internal initiatives or any, any big ticket items that you're looking to accomplish in 2022, or how does that play out for you?
1: Yeah, actually, we do have a couple big initiatives that we're working on. We're actually putting together a um, compliance booklet um, that we've been working on that um, we'll probably be mailing out or still trying to to finish the verbiage on it. But basically, it's it's probably the five or six different things that businesses should be worried about from a legal compliance on their website. Um, So it's probably going to be, you know, uh, uh eight and a half by uh five and a half booklet um mm-hmm. uh, that we're gonna send out probably about 16 pages super easy to read but it's just kind of hey you know have you done these things are you looking at these things is your ADA compliant if you're doing work in Europe are you are you compliant with GDPR which is their compliance so that's that's one of the big pushes and then just really getting the word out on this ADA um ADA compliant website um kind of one of those We don't care if you work with us or not, but we want to make sure that you're going somewhere to get taken care of because there's nothing more distasteful than watching these people getting these lawsuits or demand letters from lawyers who just want money that don't care about anything else, but besides lining their own pockets.
0: Yeah. Like you said, it's just, it's just a shakedown scheme. It's, it's crazy.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, you know, even improvisers, we talk about it. A lot of the attorneys will, you know, shake their head. Yes. But, you know, there's still so many people I talk to just in my personal life that don't even know what I'm talking about. So it just really feels like, you know, we've been doing this for, you know, four or five years now. We really look at ourselves as the premier expert on this and and let's get out there and figure out how to spread the word on this and so that's why we're partnering up with a couple different attorneys that are specializing in ADA compliance so that way we can talk about the technical side and they can talk about the legal side and I think that's going to be a really powerful speech Mm -hmm. that we're going to go give because it gives both sides of the equation because a lot of times people start asking me legal questions that I can't answer and I know from the attorneys we spoke to sometimes they start asking the technical side of things that the attorneys don't know how to answer so I think that's going to be something that's going to be really interesting to be um, talking about
0: cool one of the last things that we always ask is you know any any other parting advice or anything that again owners should be thinking about right now in 2022 and looking at their websites or social media like because i think a lot of times people think of the website and oh i have a site up and that's enough right? right um and I'm, I'm wondering about the social media side and, and like that sort of engagement. Are you seeing more and more of that? Is that something that people should be taking a more active look at that? Or how does that fit into things these days?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The social media portion has grown a lot. But one of the areas, too, that people need to look into is um, it used to be called GMB or Google My Business. Now they're changing mm-hmm. Google Business Profile. So Google now wants to start competing with search engines. And I think they're gonna be very competitive over the next 24 months basically because everybody already goes to Google. So making sure that your Google business profile is filled out correctly. You can start posting blogs there. You can you can do things that will raise your value in Google's eyes which then of course raises you up naturally in the search engine rankings. So um, that's probably one area Uh, that we've really switched gears in um, at the end of last year, moving into this year, because of all the changes they're making, we're making changes on our own. So that's something um, that, you know, any of your listeners uh, should take a look at and make sure to claim their Google page and be active on it and answer questions, get reviews and, you know, do, do all the things that, you know, is going to set your company apart and make sure Google wants to play with you. Right.
0: No, that's a great, that's a great nugget. I mean, all the way buried here at the end of our podcast, but um, yeah, I think that's awesome um, that people should be really thinking about that. If you didn't pay attention to that, miss that, it's really about the what's it called Google Business Page.
1: Uh, it's called Google Business Profile,
0: Goog- which Google is the Business iteration. Profile. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's the next iteration in uh, Google My Business or GMB is what it used to be known known by. So it's um, it's it's really powerful these days, and it's just cool. getting more powerful.
0: Awesome. Awesome nugget. Yeah. So a couple, just uh, final wrap up sort of questions. Um, anything, um, is there, is there a little something that, that, that you could share with us that, you know, somebody on the outside wouldn't know about you, something unique, different?
1: Oh, uh, well, let's see. Well, I'm a single dad with two awesome daughters that are 10 and 13 years of age. I love to drink wine and travel and play tennis.
0: Wow. I did not know that i knew i knew about the single dad and the two girls so i know you're super busy um and that's awesome but did not know about the other thing, so we might have to hook up i just started playing tennis again so I oh,
1: you might go. have okay.
0: to hook up for that, Could do um, that. i do
1: like, that i like to have one beer while i i play tennis then a glass oh, of that's
0: going to help me <laughs> i need all the help i can get
1: look nobody's going
0: home with any prize money at our age
1: so yeah, as as 100%. How time is what it all matters you know
0: yeah so is there like if, if people wanted to get in touch with you where's the easiest or what, you know, and we'll, we'll put all this in the links of the, okay, the show awesome. page and whatnot, but any specific your website, LinkedIn?
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. Our website socialspicemedia.com. My direct email is john, J O N at socialspicemedia.com. Or you can always call the office, which is 805-482-8312. And my extension's uh, 101.
0: So Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Like I said, lots of nuggets, lots of information around web development, digital marketing, social media marketing, all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, Jonathan Boring, the founder of Social Spice Media. I appreciate your time today and everything that you shared with us. Um, any, any last words or thoughts or.
1: No, I appreciate you having me on. I was really excited to be on here and uh, I really enjoy your, your podcast. And, and uh, of course, I always love working with you and your team and, and uh, all the great work that you guys do with, with our clients as well. So thanks for having me on here.
0: Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Jonathan. Really appreciate uh, it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Craig.
0: And that was Jonathan Boring, founder and president of Social Spice Media. What a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did having it. Always great to dive into the mind of a subject matter expert like Jonathan. And there are certainly a lot of nuggets there. Whatever business you're in, I think you'd have to agree, having a partner like Jonathan and Social Spice Media for all of your digital marketing needs is crucial these days. Thanks again, Jonathan, for your time and sharing all of your great thoughts with our listeners. And if you'd like to find out more about what Jonathan has to offer or want to connect with him, check out the show notes for more details. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. To learn more about this episode or hear previous episodes, check out the show notes at www.fpainc.com podcast. And if you like today's show, please do us a favor and share it with your friends. We'd really appreciate getting the word out there. And you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And while you're there, please do give us a review. Again, we'd really appreciate that. You can also write to us at podcast at fpainc.com. And if you want to send us a tweet, our handle on Twitter is at FPAINC. I'm Craig Bollock, and you've been listening to the FPA Business Before Technology podcast. And remember, with FPA, it's always about business before technology. Take care.